Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the state of California. And good afternoon. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS political reporter, host of the state of California, along with Patty Rising and Jeff Bell. As we've been reporting, a Supreme Court bombshell today as Justice Stephen Breyer decides to retire at the end of his term. Yeah, that will give President Biden his first Supreme Court vacancy to fill, and it will come in the middle of a contentious midterm election year. Justice Breyer is from San Francisco, of course. He went to Lowell High School. He was a contemporary of Jerry Brown. He was appointed to the Supreme Court by President Bill Clinton 28 years ago. Retiring at age 83 opens up one of the three remaining seats in the court's liberal wing. For more on Breyer's retirement and what may come next, we're joined live today on the KCBS Ring Central Newsline by Jessica Levinson, law professor at Loyola Law in Los Angeles. And thanks again for being with us today. Uh, you know, so there's been speculation about Justice Breyer considering retirement for a while. Why do you think he's decided? to do it now is this about timing his departure so that president biden can get a successor confirmed absolutely i think if it were up to justice Breyer, he would have stayed past the midterms i think this is not his chosen timeline but almost what was it 12 seconds after president biden was declared the victor of the election there was a chant that began Breyer must retire and he knows that now with democrats controlling the senate by the slimmest of majorities with the Senate needing only a simple majority to approve of a Supreme Court nominee. And with the midterms coming up and the Democrats likely to lose the Senate, that really there is no other time for this. President Biden has pledged to appoint the first black woman to the Supreme Court. Do you expect him to make good on that promise? And if so, do you see any leading contenders? I do expect him to make good on that promise. I think there will be enormous pressure for him to do so. And I think it would be strange for him to try and explain why he couldn't, frankly, when there's so many uh, well-qualified applicants. So I think the leading applicant that we've been talking about for a while now is D.C. Court of Appeals Judge Kentaji Brown-Jackson. And she was actually on, I don't know if it was the short list, but the medium list for President Obama in 2016 when he ultimately nominated Merrick Garland, who was denied a hearing um, for the seat that was uh, vacant when Justice Scalia passed away. But she really has gained a lot of notoriety in D.C. legal circles. She's made a couple of really important decisions in cases dealing with the Trump administration and the extent of executive authority. And I think she clerked for Justice Breyer, so in that way she might be a sentimental favorite that he could push for. And that, frankly, follows a pattern of former clerks replacing their bosses with Justice uh, Chief Justice John Roberts, Justice Kavanaugh, and maybe now um, with Justice uh, with Judge Kentaji Brown Jackson. Let's talk a little bit uh, about the temperature uh, in the Senate. Let's talk about the timing of it. How contentious do you think the battle will be coming in a midterm election year? Well, I think that Democrats 
need to understand that this is the window and it's closing really quickly. So they should not treat this like it is any piece of legislation where they might have another, you know, bite of the apple or uh, there might be some things that are good for their state, not others, and that they can kind of redline a piece of legislation. So I suspect that what will happen is President Biden's going to go to Senate Democrats and say, these are my four names. Who are you going to get behind? And if it's one of the women who's already on the federal court, they've already gone through a confirmation battle and we already have votes now, obviously, for a different position. But I think there'll be a lot of pressure to say to, for instance, Republican senators who cross the aisle, why was this person good enough for the D.C. Court of Appeals? But now suddenly your opinions change with respect to the Supreme Court. So it's high stakes, but um, hopefully not high drama for the Biden administration, at least. So you mentioned Justice or, or Judge uh, Katanji Brown Jackson. Certainly, she's the name we're hearing about a lot today. Then there's one other one who's getting a lot of play, and she's a Californian, and that would be California Supreme Court Justice Leandra Kruger, who's a black woman and also Harvard and Yale Law was a Supreme Court clerk and is also Jewish. And this seat has often been held by a Jewish Jewish justice. How, how would you handicap her chances? So I think that she has a good chance, as you said. She has. The, I mean, both of them have these sterling uh, resumes that really people in the legal community only dream of. Now, it is not the quote-unquote typical route that we've seen, which is that you really pluck somebody from the federal bench, someone typically who's already gone through that particular confirmation process. I think that uh, Justice Kruger is perhaps seen as more of an incrementalist, slightly more moderate than some of the other picks. It's always difficult to say that because, of course, we're all just a product of the cases that come before us when it comes to a judge. Um, But she certainly is somebody who's mentioned in the top four or five names for not just today, but for quite a while now. So I, I wouldn't count her out. So let's get you a bottom line question to answer here, and that is if the president's pick is in fact confirmed, do you see much of a change in the ideological power balance of the court itself? Absolutely yes and absolutely no. So it's still going to be a six to three court, right? There will still be six conservative justices. There will still be three liberal justices. And so on some big issues, I think people will say, well, look, the outcome didn't change. And in fact, the vote split didn't even change. And the answer that I think in watching the court over the past years, we should all say to ourselves is that, look, yesterday's dissent is tomorrow's majority. So it really does matter who fills these seats. It matters what those justices' views are in terms of even if they are in the minority, they can help control kind of how broad or narrow the majority opinion is. And there's also a lot of decisions that aren't six to three. With only nine members, every member really makes a difference. So it is consequential, even though it doesn't change the balance of power. All right. Thank you so much, Jessica Levinson, Loyola Law Professor, coming to us from Los Angeles. Obviously, this is going to be a developing story for days and weeks to come. And uh, the word we're getting from Senate Democrats is they're going to move quickly on this. Uh, they, they would like to actually confirm whoever the nominee is before Justice Breyer even actually retires in June. So this won't be a summer thing that's dragged out. It'll be a quick one like Amy Coney Barrett. So we'll have to see and we'll be covering it for you. You can hear the state of California every weekday at 3.30 p.m. It's also available at kcbsradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts you can find me on twitter at sovereign nation i'm doug sovereign kcbs 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.